Spiritual healing is the ability for the mind and the soul to repair certain ailments. These ailments are not just physical, but can also be mental and emotional. Spirituality is often associated with religion, but yet it is not synonymous. Many religions believe in the power of prayer and divine intervention. But how do we stay in touch with our spiritual self in union with the divine to accomplish our dreams and heal from our hurt? My name is Ronika Jacobs, and you found my podcast, Strive for More, Your Best Life Now. While there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, you've taken the time out to listen to this one. So for that, I would like to say thank you. So without any further delay, let's get to it. Let's strive for more. Spiritual connections bring balance. My next guest, Dr. Margaret Rogers Van Koops, is helping people strive for more in the area of faith and spirituality. She is the host of Journey into an Unknown World podcast show. She helps people see their limiting beliefs and explains how to trust God in moving forward with life. She always educates people on how their DNA and generational habits impact their lives significantly. In this episode, Dr. Margaret will share how we can learn to trust God and ourselves to help our wildest dreams materialize. Hi, Dr. Rogers Van Koop. Welcome. Thank you so much for being a guest on my show. How are you? Oh. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm actually doing wonderfully well now. I lost my husband last year, and it's taken time to understand how a manager works and gets me out there because that's what he did all the time. And uh, now I'm building a new team. So things are coming together nicely. Thank you. Yes. I know a bit of your life story. Can you please share it with my listeners? Let me say that I began life with a V1 bomb dropping across the road from the hospital where I was having my cord cut, apparently. And unfortunately, the bomb wiped out two apartment blocks with three levels in them. So the hospital was very busy, and a lot of patients that were already in for normal things were sent home so they could take the casualties in. And after it was all done... Nurses heard I'd been born, and they wanted to come down and see some life rather than death. So they came and held me, and apparently they went from shaking and trembling in aftershock, I guess with post-traumatic stress disorder, as we would call it today, and went into this complete calm space and announced to my mother that this was a special child. And my mother, indeed, over the years, did acknowledge my healing skills. 
there's a lot of stories about her in that show. She was a ballet dancer who stabbed her foot. And because of the war and different things that happened, the treatments weren't done, and she ended up developing mononeuma, rheumatoid, arthritic, something, something, something. It was a long name. And so she was a cripple. And uh, as a result of that, and here, another little bit of that story, an amazing surgery was done uh, when I was seven, where they took off her toes, took out the tarsals, and put her toes back on. And for those days, to do that kind of surgery with all the nerve endings and blood vessels and muscles was absolutely amazing. And that did allow her to walk. She was able to stand and walk. And uh, But for me, that was my growing up time because dad said, mommy is going in hospital for two or three months. Your sister's being found out to auntie something and you're going to take care of yourself. <laughs> so I became oh. a latchkey kid, yeah. And uh, cooked my own boiled eggs and did all sorts of little things like that until dad came home from work, you know. And it was quite a good time with dad because... Uh, Dad was calmer, Mum wasn't there, so he wasn't panicking about what was going on with Mum. So I give you a little understanding that why I was into the healing, you know, I got it all around me in my family and my father's army reunions where I was also healing them apparently and everyone honoured me for that. It's actually in my book, My Journey into the One that People Like to Read It. Oh, Wow. And now I know in addition to your book, you have a podcast show, Journey Into an Unknown World. So tell us a little bit about your podcast. Well, you know, when I was approached to do it, I wasn't wanting to do, I, the first thing out of my mouth was I'm not a host because hosts ask questions and you have to pretend you don't know. And, and I'm the other side of the fence where, you know, I'm not grandiose about this. I'm always channeling the answers. So... I've always got plenty to say. So um, after much ado, he was so wanting me to do a show. And it turned out he had MS. And I agreed to do the half-hour teaching show. And I did two a month in the earlier years. Started in 2011. And I would just sit down late at night with my mic on and record it into the computer and we, the oneness, I and my spirit guides or whoever else, would channel whatever we wanted to talk about that was relative to those times. But, of course, as you listen, you hear me because it's my voice. And just as you're listening to me now, spirit guides don't have to come into my body and take me over anymore like they used to years ago because that's what people wanted to see. So now I'm just like a direct channel. And, and there's many, many different topics. Whatever was topical at the time, I used it and taught. Yeah, I love doing it. And I'm going to pick it up again. I haven't done it for six months because of my husband's passing. By the way, the person that had DMS, he did pass eventually, but I was able to give him an extra year, year and a half, he told me. So that was really rather good. But um, I was made to make a promise to him that I wouldn't stop doing it. So that's why I'm starting it up again. And if anybody is interested, iTunes, they're all there. You can download all of them from iTunes. Yeah. 
Wow. Yes, I've listened to a few of the episodes myself, and they've really given me some great insight uh, into my spirituality and my belief system. So in your opinion, what do you believe for you? Which experiences have shaped your spiritual life? Oh, gosh, nearly every day it's a spiritual moment. Uh, But, of course, if I go back to my youth, um, I think my very first switch on was the vicar at the church in the service saying that, you know, we should be uh, like the apostles and go out and collect every last sheep and bring them home. And we had the war just finished. It was about five, I think, and I heard that. And when the war just finished, I thought, yeah, I can go out and get all the sheep, meaning people, and help them. So that was my first real spiritual awakening. And then when I was um, 14, I was being confirmed. I I kind of, I got Sister Teresa was a nun with me for the, all those years talking to me. And I kind of thought I, I should be a nun or a nurse. I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to be. And uh, I was uh, confirmed out of the blue, the Archbishop of Canterbury, which was the head of the church in England for, you know, because England broke away from the Pope. Uh, and um, out of the blue, he turned up and announced he was going to confirm all the children that were lined up. And I, when he confirmed me, my head was like on fire, literally as I would put my head next to a fire and, and was burning my head. Uh, and wow. when I got back in the pew, I, I asked my friend, did you have that feeling? They were like, what? No. And when I went home, my mother said, oh, that was the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. You're blessed. And so that was another key point in making me realize, hey, am I channeling the Holy Ghost? Well, of course, over the years, I went on to explore what the Holy Ghost is. And I'm now currently writing um, my next book, which is The Light Side. The last book that I wrote with husband, my husband editing it was The Dark Side, which is about the dark side of our personality and how we integrate it with the light side of knowing and understanding. And now this one I'm doing, The Light Side, is coming from the highest core of God all the way down into the lowest. And so we can understand descension as opposed to ascension which is what we're doing from here on this planet we all want to rise up and become better whichever way we want to do it uh you know whether we do it for the arts sports music work you know whatever it is we're always trying to be better than we were yesterday so Mm -hmm. i know people invest time and energy into developing their career their bodies in relationships, but often they neglect the spiritual dimension of their lives. How important is it to actively pursue spiritual growth? 100%. Okay. Now, of course, when one defines spiritual, here on earth we suddenly find religions of 400 different kinds of variations on the theme. And, of course, we've got people in the middle of nowhere who live nomadic lives who have had no spiritual education whatsoever, and yet they have it. They have their ways, their omings, their herbs, or whatever it is, in some way, uh, and they unite uh, and uh, create and expect a response to a god, a 
god of flowers or the god of clouds or whatever it is, just like the Native Americans did. But, of course, behind that, there is always this sense that there's something greater. So this is partly why I'm writing this book, The Light Side, because the light side, the, the creation, the beginning, is very anatomical in that it is physical. If you think about gas and you think about various gases in friction, we have an explosion, and an explosion creates liquid, and liquid creates, so, you go cause and become solid. And our intestinal tract is just the same. And so uh, this is kind of a universal thing on all levels of ascension and descension. So we're always somehow, you know, coming into a physical form, leaving it, going into spiritual energy, ascending in some way in the vibrations of the different planes of evolution that you can read about in uh, the the first book that I published went into German and it, it was published a year before the war came down and then they sold 12,000 copies in East Berlin. And it was called then in uh, German, Journey into an Unknown World, Reisen einen bekannten Welten. I know we speak German, <laughs> as you can tell. But, but um, you know, I called the English one here, which was very dry and just directly channeled, was uh, in longhand, uh, was then typed into the very first computer I ever had, which is basically a typewriter <laughs> with a big screen. Uh, and... Uh, published it, self-published it in those days. But since then, uh, the years have gone by, it's been added to and so on, and the latest one is called, using both titles, Journey into an Unknown World. You talk often that our belief system is tied to our DNA. Can you share a little bit about that? Well, the best way to share it is to, it sounds like I'm pitching again, but if one reads my book, Donald Trump the Enigma of Society, which is a title that Spirit gave me, is not derogative. The Enigma means the puzzle. Okay? So why is he the way he is where we think he's the meaning this and then he means that and so on? Now, what they wanted to do was to go back in time. So they had me research his natal tree of ancestors going back to the 1700s. So I had names, but I didn't do any research like reading up about them or whatever. Uh, And so what I did was I channeled, right? And so the spirit guides gave me all the different codings of the ancestors back in the 1700s coming through from great-grandpa, grandpa, you know, to his father and so on. Uh, And you can see by the coding of each of the ancestors how they correlate and are manifested through the influence of his parents in their RNA, telling him so-and-so, stimulated all that the ancestors have done that's in his DNA to come out of him when he's in the public eye. Um, Because all his ancestors were in the public eye. And so, in a way, you want to think of the DNA as the preparation and training for your grandchildren and great-grandchildren to come. You're currently living a life and you're going through ABC ups and downs and successes or whatever. 
And that is going in your character and that will go into your personality. And when you pass over into the spirit world, all of that will be um, looked at in the halls of learning where you can kind of fast forward like that and see your whole life and come to a conclusion, hey, I was on page, I did what I wanted to do, and I learned a bonus. And I'm going to pass that on to those that I'm going to look after and watch over who are my descendants. Uh, And so it's all planned. (laughs) I'm doing it in a very short way because we don't have much time to explain it all. (laughs) No, but you're doing great. So let me ask you this. I know many people say they are believers. And but then, and I myself included, I believe I'm a believer. I believe in in destiny and God and laying out our path. It's predestined and it's ordained, and what's for you is really for you. But then we allow doubt to stop us at times. How can we stay steadfast and connected to our faith and and belief in ourselves when we can feel so defeated at times? Well, the first thing, obviously, when you say faith, is to understand that. Faith is negative in that you don't know. So it, you're straight away, uh, to quote Thomas, the, the doubting Thomas. It's, that is bound into our consciousness, and, and by that I mean rational mind, by the RNA of experiences that people have brought into our life. So if someone tells you, you know, going back to my little example, there's no fairies at the bottom of the garden, then the child believes that and will grow up saying, I've never seen a fairy, so they don't exist. So then someone comes along and says, yes, well, I did see a fairy. They say, well, just because you saw it, I don't know that I, you know, I don't believe you. I'm not sure. I'm the Downing Thomas. And since all religions throughout this period in the Piscean Age and before that were all about having a priest of some kind, guru, whatever you want to call them, be the representative between us and the God. So what would they do? They would go and cut a typical of the Egyptians, for example, and, and make an altar with granite. Now, granite is a stone that when you lie on it will... Um, as in my crystal acupuncture and pterogram therapy, will take the energy of the human and it will uh, oscillate it by lying on it. So while they were lying on it, they're hearing the oneness, they're connecting to their spirit, uh, and they would come forward to the people and say, God, it's spoken, and we're all going to move to the next valley because the thunder's coming or something, you know. Uh, and <laughs> that that was what people believed and they followed it and for thousands of years it's been like that until we understand that we speak for one we speak for all you know we're still at separation and as long as we're in separation we're going to be doubting Thomas's so I always encourage people meditate eliminate the doubting Thomas by saying if I don't know I'll jolly well read a book or I'll go out and ask someone who does know and I'll ask them to prove it to me if necessary. People have to be ready. They want it. When you're ready, you want it. You can't not do it. Wow. Well, Dr. Margaret, I hate to end this conversation because you are sharing so much insight. Now, I do have one last question. At the mm-hmm. end of every interview, I like to ask my guests a special question. It really has nothing to do with the topic that we are discussing. So my question to you mm-hmm. is, who are two 
people you would invite as special dinner guests, dead or alive? I was always fascinated by Socrates. When he first came to me and I was a child, I was sitting over an ant's nest, and he had me watch the ants. And in a nutshell, I was seeing our society. You know, they're, they're, it, everybody has their coding. Everybody's running around doing whatever they're supposed to be doing. Uh, and uh, nobody thinks outside the box. And then when Plato came and was talking to me about uh, the psychology of life and the, the philosophy of those days, I would love to put those two together if I could sit with them and talk to them all night, <laughs> pick their brains. But unfortunately, you know, they just pop in and give me a bit of information and disappear. But those kinds of people, I think we could learn a lot if we could just understand. I mean, I know they have their words written, but behind that, the post. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you. Can you do me a favor and please take the time to let everyone know how they can either purchase copies of your books or listen to your podcast? The webtalkradio.net, all you have to do is write down webtalkradio.net forward slash shows forward slash journey into an unknown world and it'll take you there and connect you to iTunes. And I'm on Facebook, so you can just search me, Margaret Rogers Van Coop. So I have several pages. LinkedIn, Twitter too. On Twitter, I'm DR Margaret RVC. Got to be shorter there. Um, and generally, um, my websites are down right now, but we are coming back with, uh, with it'll be up soon, easypeasysolutions.org. And then I have one very similar. Without the S, easy peasy solution.org. If you go to the second one, you can actually book time with me there. And um, you know, I have packages and all sorts of different things that I offer. Whereas with easy peasy solutions, we're going to be doing Zoom and teaching. And the first two sessions per month will start next month. And um, People can go there and sign up and say they're interested and it's not costing you anything. And we're going to talk about relationships because everybody's been tied down at home and they're getting in one another's ways and don't know what to do itself. So we thought this would be a time to really help those people understand how they can fulfill their life even though they're stuck at home. So that's about all I think I've got to say today, uh, other than uh, if they want to write to me, they're going to find my email pretty well all over the place on my website. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Dr. Rogers Van Poop, thank you so much for your time. I, again, I wish you nothing but blessings and abundance, and I continue to pray for strength and comfort. I know the passing of your husband was really detrimental to you because um, he was your lifetime mm. partner. So I mm. wish you a sense of comfort as you continue on and a sense of strength, and I wish you nothing but blessings and abundance. Take care. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. There are so many negative emotions and thoughts that interrupt us but there are many positive thoughts that promote us. Creating spiritual connections are personal, unique, and vary from person to person. Some people choose to search through their own spiritual connection with the divine, while others use a medium, like Dr. Rogers Van Koops, to consult a spirit guide. 
Whatever your connection to the spiritual realm, it's through spirit, body, and energy that we maintain focus and balance. If you enjoy positive energy and thoughts, please like my Facebook page, Strive for More Podcast Show. I post positive affirmations daily. You can also follow on Instagram, strive underscore the number four dot more. I also post affirmations, positive affirmations daily there too. Please continue to strive for more and live your best life now. See you in the next episode. Thank you.